Welcome to track number 8 of Going Deeper and Doing More. Here. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time. Thank you for what you have done, what you are doing, what you will do. Oh, it's wonderful, it's beautiful. We worship you, we receive it, we walk in it. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. We're starting at 6.30 tomorrow morning. Amen. We are having a short... We, we know that prosperity is a good thing. But we don't understand prosperity. And how prosperity comes into a nation. So we often end up fighting whatever brings prosperity. Simply because we don't understand how prosperity moves into a nation. And development. You understand? For instance, if we... Let me just give you about three examples. That will show you that clearly people who want something end up fighting that thing that they want and driving that thing that they want away from them. Do you understand what I'm saying? If we were to understand it, we would not do anything that drives it away from us. So... We are here. Amen. 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 We started from over there. We had some people who were struggling to come through the altar. You pass through the altar. Is that not so? You get to the labor. The altar is a place of sacrifice. You wash the blood. Then you wash yourself in the water. You look at yourself. You assess yourself in the brass. Is that not so? You wash your feet because your feet are touching the earth every day. You are sinning every day. If you say you don't have sin, you lie. I say you lie. Is it not true? You wash yourself, then you go into the holy place, becoming a minister. Amen. Through the door. There's a door here. Five pillars representing the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, teachers, evangelists. God will bless you and raise you up. But He will do it through somebody. And sometimes more than one person. But definitely there will be a man involved in your life bringing you to a certain place in ministry. Then you come in here to the holy place and you become a minister, a shepherd, a leader. And when you are here, the main things you are dealing with all the time are the word of God, the shoe bread. Amen. Which you have to learn how to handle. You have to learn how to take it in. Amen. And we let you can take it in in several different ways. In, uh, through reading the Bible, reading the books, soaking in tapes, watching videos. And when a minister is taking in the Word, it is different. Hmm. Bobby, let's put out one or two of them. Maybe we just leave one on. Okay. When a minister is soaking in the Word, it's different from when... An ordinary person is talking to you. And I give the example, Pastor Richard was getting six weeks of messages from just the altar here. Because you can go home if you are a minister and go, I'm preaching a, a series, the series of my message, the title of my series is The Altar of Sacrifice or The Christian Altar. Yeah, or Christianity and Sacrifice. And you just take off from an, and you are moving for a long time. Because that is how God gives, um, 
That's how God gives uh, the messages. Amen. It just strikes a revelation, a chord of revelation within your spirit, and suddenly you are moving. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So you, the main things you are dealing with are the word. And then you are also dealing with the seven aspects of the spirit of God, which we haven't had so much time to go into, but perhaps we'll understand it a bit more today. Amen. And then you are also dealing with prayer as a minister. And this has to do with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And then you are dealing with prayer. Is that not so? And worship. And as you deal with prayer and worship, you get it. You get closer and closer and closer to your Heavenly Father. And then you come to the uh, uh, Holy of Holies, which is where we are moving in today. Amen. And in this Holy of Holies, you have the mercy seat. And then you have the covenant. And you have Aaron's rod. I don't have a rod, but let's make this to be Aaron's rod. Which is a symbol of authority. Alright, so when you, when you start fellowshipping in the Holy of Holies, you begin to have a certain level of authority in the ministry and with God and with man. Amen. And as you keep coming and out, you are coming to the most, the highest place. It's like, let's say, let me give you an example of, let's say, my wife. You know, um, she comes in and out of my bedroom. Or let's assume that it's my bedroom. You get it. So let's say she comes in and out of my bedroom. So, is this for me? Oh, really? Can I have some just water? Yeah, ordinary cup of water. Okay, I think we'll leave the incense. So, depending on how far you come in and out, you get it. My wife has a certain level of authority because she's close. Is that not so? Depending on how close you are, you begin to exhibit and manifest a certain level of authority. That's what Aaron's rod is about. And then you have the Ark of the Covenant, the agreement that God has made with you. Listen to me. You will not go far with God unless you have agreements with Him that you keep. You won't go far with Him. Somebody say, oh, what do you mean? I mean exactly what I'm saying. Unless God can find you to be someone who keeps agreements. Things you say you will do, you do. Things you promised to do, you do. Things you're bound to do, you do. Unless you become like that, you're going to be out there. Because right in here, when you come here, the first thing that you are going to see is the agreement, the act of the covenant, the symbol of the things you have agreed with God to do. And I have agreed with God to give my life, my wife, my household, my children, everything that is mine, my man, anything. I don't have any, I don't think I even have anything. Personally, I don't have any God. All that I have, I'm existing on this world, in this world, for the Lord. Amen. So if I say I don't have anything, I'm, I'm, I'm just like a Catholic priest. Because what I have, the Lord, if I have anything, even if it is in my name, the Lord can request it this evening, and that, that, that's it. It's His. And so, you must understand that you come to God, and so anybody here who is not keeping His word with the Lord, please, remember your old prayers. You know one of the things I often remember when I'm dealing with anybody is what the person has said, especially in relation to the ministry. 
If I meet you and you tell me you would like to be a minister, I never forget. That's one thing I never, you can't forget your name, I forget, but I don't forget that you said you wanted to be a minister. Recently I was talking to one of our pastors in Accra and I told him, do you remember when you came to Ghana? You said you wanted to be a minister, you said you didn't want it to be full time. I asked him, do you remember when you said all that? He said, yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember, I told his wife, do you remember your husband said that? You know, so what's happening now? Amen. I always remember those things. And God also remembered. God remembers. So you come in there, you begin to see. You know, and so that ability to keep your word, to stay on course, even when you seem not to be happy. You see, as for keeping your word, everybody, when I said, I love you, I will be with you to the end of the age, I will never leave you, forsake you, all those things. Those one in the wedding dress and all those things, that is the easiest place to say those things. Those things are tested when the years go by and things that are not pleasant come up. Things that are disappointments come up. Things that you don't want happen. That is when these covenants and agreements... Why do you think people write agreements? Agreements are not because... When people are having agreements, most of the time they have lunches, dinners, they, they, they give drinks, they are happy, they laugh and so on. But they write the agreement because they know that as they step out of the room of agreement... So many things are going to knock them to the left, to the right, that it is only the paper that is going to hold them together. Amen. But in the day of signing, there are smiles. In the day of signing, there is joy. In the day of smiling, there are, there are lunches, dinners. But we they know, they know that the way life is, the way realities are, you know, you go along and it's like what you don't expect will, will, will come up. And when that comes up, will you stay on course? It is only the paper and the courts that will make you stay in the secular world. But in the spirit realm, it is your commitment to God that makes you stay on the course that you have to stay. Amen. Amen. Are you excited? Amen. And then you come to the seat of mercy. When you come, you are just nothing. And the only thing that God relates with you is mercy, forgiveness, mercy. The nearer you go to God, the, one of the commonest prayers you pray is, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Another prayer you will be commonly prayed, so have mercy on me, please have mercy on me. If you are mature, it is one of your common, not that you have done anything, oh, nothing at all, but you know that, telling mercy, have mercy, have mercy. From a certain point in my life, one of my commonest prayers has been mercy. Always asking God, mercy, forgive me. Somebody may wonder, ah, what have you done? One day we were praying somewhere. <laughs> everybody prayed. I prayed for everybody and I prayed for myself. When I got to myself, I said, Lord, have mercy on me. And I, I thought to myself, these people may be wondering that. Well, what is happening? But when you come near God, you know that all that you need is mercy, forgiveness, mercy, how many have thought you were right and later you found you were wrong? That's how our lives are. We are living as though we are right, only to find that we are wrong. Huh? It's some way. Is it not some way? So that is why, when you are, when you are mature, you are aware of That is why I gave you the example, as I was talking to my brother, that when somebody came along and told me that, perhaps you have a grudge against that brother, I said, it's possible. It's possible, I can say I have nothing, I can say, but in my heart it's possible. That's why when I pray, I'll just pray, Lord, forgive me, have mercy, please help me. When you come to the mercy seat, this is the secret place. 
Amen. I said, this is the secret place that you must desire. This is the place of anointing. Amen. This is the place of power. This is where you must desire to be. I just want to be where you are. Amen. This is the place. This is what we call the secret place of the Most High. And he that abideth, he that abideth under the shadow of the Almighty. Is that how it says? He that dwelleth in the secret place, the secret place of the Most shall abide under the shadow. If you are under my shadow, you are very close. Because the shadow doesn't go so far. But when you are under my shadow, it means you are close. Draw me closer. Nearer. And when you are close, oh, there are things that are reserved for only people that are close. I said there are things that are reserved for only people that are close. There are certain words that are reserved for only people that are close. There are certain discussions and intimate relationships that are reserved for only people that are close. They are not reserved for people that are far. We don't have intimate discussions from us. Hey, I love you. Hey, I'll, I'll marry you. We don't do that. We don't do that. We, we, we have those discussions when we are close. Amen. Are you here or you've gone home? Hey, I'll stay with you, eh? To the end. No, we don't do, we don't, we don't do that. <laughs> Are you being blessed by the holy place? <laughs> some of you wonder, why is it that some people say things like, God spoke to me. What, what are they saying? Does he speak? He does. And he's been, like I said, that there are certain things, unless you come here, you not hear them. Because nobody's going to shout. Ah. You are my sweetie, eh? Okay, sweetie. <laughs> it doesn't happen like that. <laughs> this is the secret place. How many are moving into the secret place from today? This is where the presence is. Amen. And you've got to come here. Sometimes you've got to make a daily journey to this place. Sometimes you've got to make, sometimes in a year you have to make a special journey. At this camp meeting, God is leading many of us right here. But by next year or maybe by next year or in a few months time, God may be wanting to take you on another higher trip. Higher and higher. And it's going to start again. And you you find out without even knowing it, you say that God is leading you on. Some of you is going to start from by just paying tithe. Just come along. And you, you decide that, you know, all the ten reasons I've been given for not paying my tithes up to now. Today, those reasons are dying on the altar. And for the very first time in my life, I'm going to walk beyond that thing and start coming to become a minister. Some of you is going to be prayer. And you're going to make that journey. Hallelujah. And then when you come here, you have the cherubims and the seraphims. Amen. These are the angels of the Lord. And it is at this realm that you begin to experience supernatural things. An angel is a supernatural being. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is where you begin to experience supernatural experiences that come from the Lord. 
I have had one or two supernatural, not many, but I've had. And I know that there are angels with me. It is one of the common visions that people have about me. Yeah, it's common. I mean, in Accra, many times when I'm ministering, people come, someone close, I, can, I saw an angel standing by you. I saw a, big, a very big angel standing by you. I saw, but, and this afternoon, one day I was praying in my room, and something happened in the room, and the Lord told me that I brought an, a new angel to replace a, a, a younger or a junior angel, I brought a senior, a senior angel to come in and be with me, a more mature angel because of certain things that needed to happen. It was about 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the night. And I said, thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's go, angel. Whatever you have been said, make sure that you do it on time. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's the secret place of the Most High God. How many are going to fellowship around these wonderful things in the presence of the Lord? The covenant. The covenant. What agreement have you got with God today? What agreement have you got with God through man? What have you said to man? What have you said to a woman? What have you said to a man? What agreement do you have? Keep it. Amen. What agreement have you made with God through your church? Keep that covenant. When we were in Korea, you know what we saw? The church members. Well, you meet a church member who has not stayed in the church for a long time. How many years? 20 years. When a person who is not old in the church, 20 years. Yeah, the person has not been for a long time. Many of the church members have been in the church for 40 years, 30 years, 20. When you are a young member, you've been around for 15 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you listening to me? It is that ability to stay and to stay and to stay and to stay. And that leads to a certain level of relationship. Amen? The longer I know, like, I was telling you, like, someone like Dr. Nosh, I've known him for a long time. I can ask him for $5,000 after service. And I'm sure he'll give it to me. Yeah, I'm sure if I ask him for five, I've never asked him for anything like that before. If, but if I ask him for $5,000, because of how I am with him, because of he knows who I am and what, if I ask him, he'll give it to me. I've not asked him, I'm asking him I mean, I'm telling him, yeah, and I'm sure he will. Would you give it to me if I ask you? Yeah. It's that simple. But I cannot ask that. Some of you, I could not ask you for that. Because I'm not like that with you. And our relationship is not at that level. And if I was to ask, I would not, I would not ask. In fact, I would prefer not to ask. Than to ask and be told, well, you know, there are certain things going on. I have certain projects, and so and so, and I appreciate what you are doing, but at this time, it's unfortunate, I beg you, I'll feel so shy, and so disgraced, and so embarrassed, I wouldn't want to ask you, you understand? So I'm just trying to tell you that, the longer you have that relationship with God, the longer you have that relationship with your church, with your friends, more things come from the relationship. Amen. Are you listening to me? So we need to stay. And stay, and stay, and stay, and stay, and stay. Stay in power. Stay in power is something that we need. Hallelujah. Amen. Great. Wonderful. So, we have made the journey through 
all this to the secret place of the Most High. And we are blessed to be under the shadow and to be close. Closer. Uh, let me play that song. Give me a play. Um, it's a nice song that we can play once. The joy is taking all my things. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Alright, so what I want us to understand now, I, I was back to what I was saying. I was saying that there are things we don't understand and because we don't understand how they work we drive them away from us i'm just giving an example of um prosperity in ghana i just want to use ghana we don't what you must understand is prosperity comes to individuals and then the combination of the prosperity of individuals makes up the prosperity of the nation you can write it somewhere if you like. Dark Heward Mills. Quotation. Alright. I've not read it anywhere. I'm just telling you. But this is my simple analysis. But because we don't understand that in a place like Ghana, we mow down every prosperous person. Without realizing that, we are actually driving away prosperity from our own country. I can give you several examples. We've cut down, when, when this revolution came up, all the people who had anything were arrested. Into, my father-in-law was arrested, or he was, he was sent to so many, uh, what do you call it, investigate, come and write a number of forks, spoons, knives, and other things that you have, radiogram, and whatnot, you know investigated upon investigations in Ghana all the prominent people if you come to Ghana it's something we have we call SNIT the SNIT uh, building there, there was a man who came into the SNIT and was a managing director and through him we have so many SNIT estates, SNIT this, SNIT that, hospital, ban. oh what is, they just remove him like that, he's just thrown away somewhere we have a, one the only gold, comp, gold mining company I mean which is our only chicken which lays the own, the golden egg, and the man who has been the head of this organization and has built it up. You should see how they are harassing him in Ghana. The only black man amongst white people who are running millions of dollars worth of gold industry in this world. The only one like that. They are after him. They are trying to cut him down. One of the newspapers said the president said that that man is a, is a what? He's a He's a crook, a criminal. Yeah. That's what they said internally in their office. And they are going to do everything to get a man away. So once again, one of our, one of our principal, strong, prosperous people whoosh, trying to cut him down. There's another man called Kwesi Indom. He came from America. He, he came on television. He said it's easier to make a million dollars in Ghana than to make a million dollars in America. But he cut And he spoke on TV. He said that it's a crime to be wealthy in Ghana. It's a crime to be successful in Ghana. It's a crime to have anything in Ghana. They just cut you down. Look at me. When, I, when our church is prospering, just come and move on the church. Break down the church. Who is this guy? Young boy. He thinks he's about Break it down. He's going away. I, I feel like leaving the country. Why should I stay and be living and be building and, and, and whatnot? Many other leaders, anything that comes up is like, 
let me equalization down whereas here we have hundreds richest people hundreds richest women hundred prosperous this whatever and they are Kwabna Daku our chicken farmer biggest chicken farmer we have in Ghana very big time chicken farmer you hear that the, 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 the president of Ghana will stand up and say something against the man's chickens and against the, against the man's chicken farm and you see this is, we, we don't have many of such things or such people it's just a few and the few that we have you have the attack from the highest level trying to have the thing a hatred you can see hatred our walls for instance it was discussed at the cabinet level the highest level and all of them were there and they just finished that and somebody came and told me from that cabinet meeting and the person told me you know what the person said to me for you to believe what i'm saying you listen carefully he said that you see this person who is minister of this department the person is going to be changed from that minister is going to be made an ambassador you just wait and see. Just to confirm that what I'm telling you that your lighthouse case, it was discussed. All they say they are setting up a committee and to look into all the problems is all a fuss. I am telling you that they are finished with you. They have presented that your church is an opposition church. It's against the government. It's fighting, doing politics in the area, trying to destroy the government. And so that is, that is all that they said. Give me the sleeve so that I can choose to select this one. The sleeve. And the person told me that within it, you will see that this person who is minister of so and so is being sent to become ambassador and mention the country that the person is going to be made ambassador to. I said, yeah. Within three weeks, so and so and so has been made ambassador to so and so. That was all. Hmm? Yeah, draw nine. Amen. And that is it. So, for, so the attack, so, but we don't realize that we are actually fighting against our own self because we don't understand the mechanics of prosperity. Amen. We don't understand the mechanics. In a church, I've come to see that uh, for our church to be blessed, people have to be rich. Have to be the individuals have to, I am happy but there are people look when I first met with them, my millionaires in Accra my first meeting you know what the first meeting was about I told every one of them I said that every one of you must have a building project and I explained to them how their prosperity is going to be related to them establishing themselves in and having buildings owning owning houses that was my, my, my first meeting with the millionaires was not to collect money from them no, for the whole year, I didn't, call, I didn't ask for it. Even up to now, really, nothing has ever been done. But really, rather teaching, I started to teach them 17 uh, uh, secrets of how to be a wealthy person. That was what I was doing. Because I realized that, you see, that, that their blessing of becoming mega and prosperous and whatever, is, is, that is the key. If they become themselves, not the church, but they, this, if I have seven millionaires sitting here, I'll be better off than if I have 7,000 years here. Or 400 years. <laughs> I don't think he's playing the right song. The next song, please. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? So we need to see. For instance, another thing we don't realize that education. 
is important in our own country. So when we don't have education or we don't invest, we don't realize that we are we are totally destroying our own nation. We don't understand it. And that's why in Ghana today, universities are virtually I don't know where my children will go to university. I was talking with Dr. Mesa Otago and I was telling that maybe we have to combine forces and do the university properly. So that our children have so that uh, our children have a university to go to. But I've never planned for my children to go to school abroad. By the way, it is now eight people in a room that was built for one person. 1,800 people at a lecture. Have you heard of something like, is it a miracle service or is it a lecture? <laughs> when you go to the library, it's so stuffy, you cannot get the books. If you can get the book, you can't get the page. The page will not be there. <laughs> Are you listening to me? So I'm saying that when you, when you don't understand what you even want, you find out that you are doing things that's making the thing go far. For instance, we want to get a permit. We want to get a permit to build our school. For our, we're trying to build a school. And trying to get a permit to build a new place that we bought to develop it. To get a permit, you need to send your drawings and get approval. And there is a development committee, planning committee, which is supposed to meet. But they don't meet. They have met, I think, only once this year. We are, our drawings have been there. That's why I have not even announced this project in the church. But I have gone for permit before that has taken two, three years. A country which wants to develop, the development committee doesn't have meetings. <laughs> Every week I call. I say, Mr. Evie, is there any development? Don't worry, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. I heard you preaching on the radio yesterday. It was very good. Anyway, keep on praying. Call next week and see. I hope next week we will meet. Every week I ring. And the development committee has not met for the development to go on. A country which needs development. And then when somebody builds without a permit, then they will come to break it down. When somebody has a hotel, like somebody built his hotel in Ghana, 65 bedrooms with air conditions, whatever, and somebody gave an order, probably from the highest level, and they came with soldiers and whatnot, and they break the building down. It's like the buildings here. They use a bulldozer to flatten the whole. It's a tourist attraction. When you come to Akutuka Airport, we take you to the place, you see, flat, just stones. And the hotel was brand new, and there were air conditioners, are a hundred air conditioners in boxes, hundred fridges, hundred televisions, hundred they moved all down. Furniture, the most expensive and the furniture is dollarized furniture, not local. From dollarized furniture. Furniture that is international standards. Curtains, bed sheets, mattresses, sixty-five. A country where we cannot get Hilton Hotel or Sheraton Hotel to come and invest because they don't care. They don't there's our income for the whole Africa is about 2% of the world economy. It has no bearing on the, on the world economy. It, they can do without us. And a Ghanaian man has tried, called Alaji something, trying to build something. And, and you say that his house is blocking some water. And meanwhile, you have given him a permit and he has made a duct for the water or whatever it is to pass. Engineering approved everything and they have spent millions and millions and millions of cities to do it. But out of hatred, 
without reason and without sense, it's more than who will come and build his hotel in Ghana? Who? And then, and then we call when Clinton comes, we will be holding his hand. Amen. America has come to Ghana. America has come to Ghana. And what does Clinton give us? Clinton gives us nothing. He gives he gave a loan guarantee. That means a guarantee to pay your loan when you go and borrow for thirty million dollars to to help to buy a generator. That's all. And they give five billion dollars every year to Israel. And we they gave us thirty million guarantee. No, I've come to see. You know, I've come to see. That's the leader myself. That the people who are going to help me to do my ministry and to fulfill my ministry is lighthouse people. Anybody outside lighthouse, I'm not forget it. Yeah, it is only my own people. And just what the leaders in the nation must realize: it's Ghanaians who will build Ghana. Do you think any white person cares about Ghana? Nobody cares about us at all. They see us as beggars. They see us as places where if there's a war, they could send some aid, some wheat some oil, some whatever, humanitarian aid. They see that's a place where they can, when they have unemployment, they can send some contractors to come and build a bridge there. That's all. And all the money is still there. They use their own tools. When they are building things, they bring the containers, the cement, everything is from there. The contractors, engineers. One day I was in the north and I was seeing this Tisek British company building. I asked the, uh, uh, one of the engineers, Ghana, how much are you paying? I paid 110,000. That was about $20. And you are paying an, a Ghana made engineer, Ghana trained engineer, about $20, $30. And you, you are being paid about $5,000, $7,000. They don't care. I said, we are seen as beggars. He was, if we will not rise up and respect ourselves and believe in us, nobody will ever respect us or love us. Amen. Are you listening to me? So I'm just trying to tell you that when you don't understand the thing you are dealing with, you end up driving it away from you. And it goes very far. Further and further. Hallelujah. So now, I said all that to say that you need to understand the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God. Otherwise, you can do things that will make the anointing go away from you and instead of the anointing coming into your life it seems to just elude you all the time are you listening to me all right so i said all that to go on to study understanding the anointing so number one how does the anointing come into the earth same question how does prosperity come to a nation America owns Bill Gates. Is that not so? He may be the richest man in the world, but he's an American and his money is here. <laughs> it's as simple as that. It's a certain amount of gold and it's here. He can only live for a few more years and he'll be gone and the money is still here. And it will be spent here, most of it. Just allow the man to prosper and the country will be prosperous. All these oil companies, they are all private. Texas, Texaco and all, they are all private. They found the oil and they allow private people to own it and to become rich. Anyway, let me not go into those standards. I'll get depressed. How does the anointing come into this world? Number one, a new original anointing can be introduced into the earth. Alright? A new and original anointing can be introduced 
a new and original anointing can be do can be what? Example. Thank you. I think t- turn it off for the meantime. A new original anointing can be introduced. Let's say Elijah. He was just walking on this earth, and in First Kings chapter seventeen, verse one, he appears. Nobody knows where that anointing came from, how it came about, but it was a new thing that was introduced into the earth. Very few people can be pointed to and said that this anointing is something new and peculiar on the earth that nobody has had before. It is an unusual thing. Okay? The second way is death transfer. That is death transfer of anointing. In this case, the anointing is transferred when somebody dies. An anointed person dies and the anointing that used to be on him moves to the person who is alive. Is that not so? Example, Jesus, when he died, and the disciples. When he left, the disciples received the anointing. Is that not so? And when, he, when they were anointed, they preached, and then the Bible says they took note that these people had been with Jesus. Is that not so? Alright? So, Elijah, when he went away, like dying, he, the anointing that was on him moved to Elijah. But not before. Not before. Only after. So I'm just helping you to understand how this anointing works and how it comes. Number three, living transfer of the anointing. This is when somebody can be alive, amen, and he could have the anointing that is on a living person transferred to him, even though the person from through whom the anointing is coming is still alive, the anointing can still move. And that's what we call the living transfer of the anointing. Example, even Jesus and his disciples, sometimes he said to his disciples, go out, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. And they went, and through that, the anointing was working. Alright? Another example is Saul and David. They realized that Saul was alive, and the anointing was transferred to David. So now David was the one who was anointed. And Saul was annoyed, trying to kill David all the time. Because the anointing had been moved from a living person to, to another living person. The whole transfer had taken place. Are you listening to me? I want you to understand because there is no great mystery about this. You can understand this simple truth. If you want, how many want to be anointed? Understand this. It's real. It's happening. Okay, the next one is what we call anointing sharing. Anointing sharing. Alright? Anointing sharing. You find out that um, some people are anointed, right? And the anointing on their life is shared upon other people. Alright? So, even though the person is anointed, you can see the anointing that is on his life on other people. For instance, in Lighthouse, you can see the anointing that is upon me is on certain other ministers and pastors. They operate in the same anointing and they are getting the same type of results that I get. It happened in the Bible. Moses and the 70 elders. How many remember Moses and the 70 elders? How many remember Moses and the 70 elders? Alright. The Bible says that God took of the anointing. He said, I will take of the spirit that is upon thee and I will put it on these 70 so that they may bear the burden with you. And I see that anointing uh, on Moses going on the 70 elders. And suddenly the 70 elders were able, they were capable of ministering in the same way that Moses was had ever ministered. So this is what we call anointing sharing. And that is what often happens 
in a large network, you find out that the ministers are operating. They, they minister in a similar way. There's a similar anointing. If it's churches, there's churches. A good example, another example in, in Africa, we have a church called Winners Chapel. You find out that where Winners Chapel is, wherever, is, there are very large churches. It's the same anointing in every part of the world, wherever they're operating. The same type of flow, the same type of anointing. It's the same. If you travel in lighthouse churches, you see the same thing happening at different places. The anointing is sharing. Some people have caught the anointing. Some are catching it. Some are, have caught it to some extent. Some are catching even more and are just flowing. Hallelujah. The next one is what we call modified anointing transfers. Sometimes the anointing is transferred from someone to another, but it is modified in the process depending on the call of God on the person's life. Perhaps maybe the person is an I'm, maybe I'm a pastor. The Lord is transferring the anointing for me to, to, let's say, Sarah. But then he modifies the anointing. Amen. So that when he gets to Sarah, now because of the call of God on her life to be an evangelist and not a pastor, she's now anointed to be an evangelist. Even though she's a daughter or a son or whatever of me and I'm just a pastor. And she may be anointed and she'll have the anointing of a, what do you call it, an evangelist. Amen. Example in the Bible, David and his son Solomon. David was anointed to fight, to kill, to do war. Is that not so? But anointing was transferred to his son. But what did Solomon become? He became a peacemaker, a builder, a wise man, totally different from Solomon. But the anointing clearly came from his father because the, the, it was transferred, the kingly anointing, the anointing to be king. He, Solomon was also anointed and that anointing to rule Israel passed from David to Solomon. But they were two different people. Another good example is Moses, Moses and Joshua. Moses was a man who was to lead the people out of Israel. He was to bring them to the promised land. Are you listening to me? And he needed somebody who would take up after him. Now it's interesting that he didn't even take Aaron to take up after him. He took a small boy who was following him around humbly called Joshua. When Moses went up to the mount, it was Joshua he went up with. He didn't go with Aaron. He went to Joshua. And Joshua was the servant of Moses. Joshua's title is Joshua the servant of Moses. <laughs> that is his title. If you are going to be great in God's kingdom, that will be one of your titles. You will be so and so the servant of Pastor Andy. So and so the servant of Pastor Peter. So and so the servant of this. And people will know you as a servant to that person. That is how the anointing comes on you. So the anointing from Moses to Joshua was modified. What was Moses? Moses was a, was a, a draftsman. He drafted the laws. <laughs> My wife is, was a draft, uh, what do you call it? Draftsman, if that's the right word. In law, legal, that's what she did. Draftsmanship. Drafting law. She was drafting the laws. So she worked at the Attorney General's Department. Drafting the laws. Ghana, when they want to modify, sometimes in Ghana, you know, they use the law to, to catch their enemies. So when they want to catch the enemy of the government, they will make a new law and just release the law. <laughs> it's a wonderful place, I tell you. <laughs> when it gets to their turn, they change the law. <laughs> Are you listening to me today? Are you listening to me today? Alright. So, but that was Moses. He led the people out, signs and wonders, so many. But Joshua was the warrior. To come and fight. So, and you read in two different places where the Bible says that Moses, Joshua was anointed. He was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. Clearly the anointing had been, had been transferred, but it was modified. 
in the process. One of my sons in the Lord, in the ministry, Pastor Kakra, you know, the anointing upon his life is not the anointing of a pastor. You know, and he will tell you himself. Recently he was in Baza and he told them, I am a direct son of the bishop, directly. I witnessed him, he gave his life to Christ and everything he has followed me as closely as he can. But the anointing upon his life is the anointing of a prophet and not, not even of a pastor. <laughs> he has fantastic prophetic uh, revelations. You will be afraid. You, you, you can actually be afraid. Clearing people, met, I mean, killing, breaking Jericho, doing things. That was Joshua. No, he didn't write anything, breaking walls. I mean, he, he didn't write any, any of these, Lord Genesis, what do you call it, Exodus. It, it, that was not. It is Moses who did all these things. So your faithfulness will definitely pay off. You may be a woman, you may be following a man. You get what I'm saying? In the spirit realm. But the anointing will come over for whatever purpose God has in whatever way you are supposed to minister. Perhaps you are going to be a very powerful women's minister or I mean a, a woman who ministers to men. I don't know. But whatever way that anointing comes on you, it will come on you because of your faithfulness and because you have desired it so strongly, it will just move on to you and whatever it is that God has for you, you begin to do it. Amen. So there's what we call modified anointing transfers. And it's a wonderful thing. I see you being anointed today in Jesus' name. The next one is fading anointing transfer. When the anointing starts to fade, you know, you see that the anointing that was on such and such is transferred, but it's faded. Another good example of um, um, okay, fading anointing transfer is Somebody like from David, the strong anointing to be the king, then to Solomon. Solomon was a little weaker than David. And then to Rehoboam, who was even weaker. And then to Jeroboam, who was a rebel. And um, I always remember Jeroboam because the name starts with J. And I know that he was a double rebel. And... Uh, <laughs> Are you with me? Rehoboam, Jeroboam, and then things get weaker and weaker and weaker until there was, there was no hardly any king you can remember. One or two guys could remember, but it's like the whole thing faded out. Are you listening to me today? Okay, the next one is old anointing reintroduced. Alright, all the anointing reintroduced. Now there can be an old anointing that has been on earth. What is the anointing? The anointing is God's equipment to do His will. Amen? It's God's equipment to do His will. So actually, He's just looking for a human vessel He can put that thing on. That is all He's looking for. You the human being, there's nothing you can do for God. All you can do is to be a vessel. Amen. An anointed vessel. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. I'll be a living 
sanctuary for you all right so lord prepare me to be a sanctuary to be a vessel for you so all that god is looking for is a sanctuary is a vessel that he can put anoint and so all these processes are to break us down break us down to the point where we are vessels that can be used and that are used by god and you know god finds so few people who are prepared to walk this road and that is why he sometimes seems to use people you don't want why do you think god used jacob and not esau jacob was a person with character problems he was a thief he cheated all his life he was cheating people to the very end his name jacob it means i don't know why people call their children jacob but it means a, a thief a, a, a heel catcher a supplanter a deceiver but esau had a good character he was a nice person but he didn't want the anointing when he was hungry he said what is the use of this inheritance to me if i don't eat get out that i don't need any such thing and he just give it up but esau said I, david jacob said i like it i like it <laughs> and he took it I know what it means. I know what I like. Me, I like it. Because you said, what's the use of this anointing? I don't want this anointing. And God put that anointing on. And that's why on Jacob. And that's why the Bible says that Jacob I have loved. Esau I hated. You see, that is why I want you to understand. It's not, let's say, all the good things or the bad things you've done. But your heart in relation to God. Your heart. God sees you love him. You love his anointing. And he's sometimes even prepared to use you as you are. There are some pastors in Ghana. I find, I find people criticizing them all the time. One day I was telling I said that this pastor you are criticizing, he's been only up to class three. He used to be pushing trucks at the airport. He has no education, no good background. His background is from a hustling background, a very wild group of people where he, he came from, you know. And then... Um, He's not educated, he, he doesn't, have, doesn't know how to lead, how to manage, whatever. But you, that you are so good. And you are so nice and principled and educated and everything. You don't want to do what he's doing. You wouldn't do it. And he is doing it, so shut your beak. Yeah? Stop that rough there. Amen. Because you see, the nice, you are such a nice person. But you don't want it. The one who is not so nice likes it. God says, if I don't have anything to use, I've, I've got to use what I have. And I'm using what I have. So I, I often say, please, before you start criticizing, just hold your peace. Be surprised. That you are, I know you are such a nice person. You are so principled. You are so good. You are so educated. You are so everything. But, you don't, you don't like it. You don't like it. Jacob is, I like it. Stop it, I like it. Please give it to me. I take it. I want it. I need it. Hey, I like, I like. <laughs> Esau said, what is the use of this thing to me? What is the use of this to me? Yeah. Yeah. Anointing. You are yawning. Hallelujah. So you've got to understand the anointing. 
Otherwise, we find that they go. So, the anointing is around. And that's what I'm saying that there's anointing on people. Rarely will there be, you just be in your room, suddenly from nowhere, new anointing comes to No, there's anointing around. Sometimes it's transferred while the person's alive. Sometimes it's modified. It moves. Sometimes when the person dies, a mantle is transferred and things like that. It's, it's, it's equipment. And God has, let's say, invested four bulldozers, ten. Maybe God has brought into the earth ten bulldozers, fourteen tractors, etc. And that's the number of tractors and bulldozers that are here. Alright? So it's a matter of where those bulldozers are and who has got control of them. And when the person is either taken off, then it goes to another person. Or whilst the person is still alive, somebody else starts to drive it. It's just equipment to build and to do God's work. So understand that. When you understand the anointing, old anointing reintroduced. So sometimes, like John the Baptist and Elijah... Remember when John the Baptist came, Jesus said, If you can believe it, this John the Baptist guy, he is Elijah in action. Who has returned. So the anointing and the spirit of Elijah had moved back to John the Baptist. Amen. Alright. Now, the next topic is, you must understand, we are still under understanding the anointing. Alright. The subject is now, the anointing makes you do certain things. Alright, the anointing makes you do certain things. Okay? The anointing makes you do certain things. Now, what does, what does the anointing do? What does the anointing do? It makes you, it makes you do certain things. Okay? It makes you live in a certain way. It makes you behave in a certain way. So for instance, what I am doing now, I am doing it because of the anointing that is on my life. I am teaching because the teaching anointing is on my life. That's why I am teaching the word of God. Now that's why you are listening. Amen. 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 I am teaching the anointing. I am teaching because that anointing is upon me. I believe I got that anointing through Papa Hagen. Through Fred Price and so on. As I kept soaking and listening without knowing. I didn't even know what I had no intention. I was just... When you expose yourself to something, if you expose yourself to dynamite bomb, you don't have the intention of being hurt. But you have been hurt by them. Because the bomb, when it explodes by you, it will have an effect on your life. So you don't even know, you keep soaking and soaking and soaking and soaking, and then you realize that this is what is happening to you. You get what I'm saying? Without even knowing that that is what is happening. Now, the anointing makes you behave in a particular way. You will actually achieve certain things in your life because of the anointing on you. On you. Now, it's not that it tells you to do certain things, but it has a certain subliminal influence. It does the right word. Is there a word like that? I believe there is. And I'm sure nobody... No. Subliminal. Sublime. You are not sure, so take it from me. Eh? <laughs> you are not sure. It's in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is a king. Yeah. There is a certain subtle effect it has on you subconscious uh, insidious effect it has on you without even knowing that it's having that effect Nadia do you understand what I'm saying insidious the word is not right 
Not latent. Insidious. It's like this. It's coming in in a way you don't even see. And know. Surreptitious. <laughs> Which school did you go to? <laughs> I don't think you went. Did you go to Achimota? I don't think you went to Achimota. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen to me. I just want to give you, I want to, sh- I want to show you from the Bible this anointing. Remember Elijah and Elisha? Elijah said, Can I have the anointing that's on you, Monene? Times two. Elijah said, ha. Elijah said, you, You've asked a hard thing. It's more difficult to be anointed than to get a thousand dollars. In fact, it's more difficult to be anointed than to get a million dollars. It's hard. Because, you see, you have to go through all this to get to the secret place of the Most High. Amen. Amen. You have to come through the sacrifice. Huh? Many things have to die. Many things don't want to die. You have to get to the labor. Wash yourself. Look at yourself. You have to come to this place where you are fellowshipping with the Word in such a way. And even the bitterness of the frankincense, it does not put you off. The bitterness of the ministry does not put you off. The pain of the ministry does not drive you away. You have to come to the spirit and the different aspects of the spirit. That's why I say the seven spirits. The Holy Spirit is, a, is God. You can't know all about Him. What I'm teaching about now is just one aspect of Him. There's the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of fear of the Lord, spirit of counsel and of might, spirit of fear of the Lord, spirit of understanding, spirit of wisdom, revelation. There are different aspects of the spirit of God. And then to come to a place of prayer and worship in a certain way. And you just go through the veil, the Holy of Holies, and you enter with the, what do you call it, to this secret place. It's a journey to come where the Lord is and where you have made agreements with God which you have kept. Because when you come, the first, one of the first things, you see these agreements you have made with the Lord. Lord, I will save you. Lord, I will do your will. Lord, I will obey you. Lord, I will never leave you. Lord, I will... Many people say this, and then when they meet a man who says, I want to marry you, I'll take you to Massachusetts, and I'll live with you happily ever after. And the person is not a Christian. I know people who married after two days. Three days. One pastor had a very strong daughter in the church, doing very well. She met a man. Within five days, they were married, and he was, she was up to the state. Married a complete unbeliever. One of the main members of the church. Within five days, she was married, everything, engagement, gone. Just met a person. One, two, three, four, five days. And you are off. <laughs> and, and sometimes, pastors are surprised that, ah, is it possible? Anyway, listen, listen carefully. What are the things that Elijah did? Where did Elijah live? Jesus said the anointing, you can look at Elijah, Elisha, John the Baptist, and the last two prophets who are going to come at the end of the world in the book of Revelations. These people are all carrying similar anointings. Elijah, he did 
15 miracles. Elisha, the 32 miracles. Did you know that? Exactly times two. Did you know that Elijah closed the heaven for three and a half years? Did you know that Elijah closed the heaven for seven years? Did you know that? Yeah. Go read your Bible. Did you know that Elijah ministered to a woman, the widow of Zarephtha? Blessed her, helped her have a son. Elijah did the same. He also had a woman that he ministered to. But she made a room for him in his house. Once again, the woman see the anointing earlier. She made a room for him in the house and told her husband that this is a holy man of God that is passing left. Let's make a special room for him so that when he comes, he will stay here. And she forced Elijah to come and stay in the house. And after a while, Elijah asked, Elijah asked, what is it that you want? And the man said, nothing. Amen. Are you with me? Are you aware that Elijah, Elijah raised the dead? Yeah. Did he raise the dead? I believe he did. Elisha also. You know, they had similar miracle, prophetic word of knowledge, different things. John the Baptist and Elijah. Similar. Where did Elijah live? They said, where did John the Baptist live? What did Elijah eat? What did John the Baptist eat? He ate no, Elijah ate, Elijah ate worms, raven's food. The ravens were feeding him with cockroaches and other things that they could. I mean, a raven cannot bring kebab or any such uh, food. A raven will bring you worms, you know, afflicity, different types of animals for you to eat. Make sandwiches. Doesn't, the ravens don't go to McDonald's. What did Elijah wear? And what did John the Baptist wear? I want you see the anointing affects you totally. Oh yeah. Sometimes you find out that even when people are not they even start to talk the same way, they behave in the same, they have the same emphasis, they, they like to do certain things. Because sometimes even as you listen to tapes, you don't just hear the message, but you hear things about the person. Without even knowing it, you begin to have a certain line of thinking. What was Elijah's ministry like? Dramatic. All the prophets, come on all of you, 400. If your God is here, let him show himself. Yeah, if I'll put bullocks here, pour water on my You call on your God, I'll give you from now to evening. Call on him. And they'll be calling, cutting themselves. It seems your God has traveled. Call him, say, ring him, he has gone to the toilet. It's in the Bible that they said, Elijah told them, your God has, perhaps he is having run his stomach. He, the King James says, perhaps he is pursuing. And the living Bible says, perhaps he has gone to the toilet or so. Yeah. So when somebody says, I'm going to pursue, you know what it means. God has gone to pursue. Elijah was very wild though. Then after he said, Okay, I'll show you whether my God is alive. You see all my blood. Pour water on it. Pour water. No matches. I am going to call on my God. Everybody was there. He said, If God is God, let's serve him. If he is not, choose this day whom you want to serve. Pour water. Then call on God. And fire came from heaven and burnt it. All the people were afraid. He told them, Kill all these people. They are all liars. And they killed them. 
He was a dramatic preacher. John the Baptist was the same. Dramatic preacher. People were coming to him. And you vipers. You facing the people. You bad people. They said, repent. Otherwise you perish. The axe is laid to the root of the tree. Every tree that has not been planted. Oh! Pharisees and all kinds of people were coming to be baptized. Elijah. Did he not face the queen? One of his ministries was against the queen of the day. Jezebel. He faced her seriously and said, You, this woman, dogs will eat, lick your blood. In the place where you killed Ahab, dogs are going to lick your blood. You will see. Fire will burn you. When Jezebel heard it, she said, hmm, I am going to chase this man and catch him. Herod, his wife. What did John the Baptist do? Was it not the same Herod who was fighting against the queen of the... Who was the queen of that? The Herod's wife. And he was facing Herod and said that you shouldn't have married this woman. How did John the Baptist... How did Elijah's ministry end? A woman, Jezebel, she chased him and he ran away. And he got to the place and said, oh God, I'm the only one. <laughs> oh God, I'm afraid. After he had killed 400 prophets, so he became afraid of a woman. You see, sometimes ministers, you see them ministering with strength, but inside them they are tired, and inside them they are depressed. Inside them they have some other emotional disturbance. So after he had ministered, I'm the only one. Oh God, this, that, that. God said, listen, I don't like complaints. I've got a new person to work. He's, he's, he's called, <laughs> he's called um, Elijah. Meanwhile, Elijah had an assistant too, who was with him at the time. But he didn't choose that guy. And that, that's something that we have to go into. Why didn't... Do you know Elijah had a first assistant when Elijah was praying? and He said, go and see whether the rain clouds are forming. There was an assistant who was working. And when it came time for the anointing, even that guy was not... So there's another lay pastor who is plowing a field at some place. And this is the guy. I see that anointing is not going to pass you by in Jesus' name. <laughs> why did why, why was why, why was this boy uh, uh, left out, Pastor Richard? The, the the this guy Elijah's first seven. The fifty one people who were left out. They are fifty two. They are now fifty three now. <laughs> Amen. How did Herod turn the Baptist ministry end? Was it not a woman who also ended his ministry? I want you to see that when the anointing is upon you, it makes you do certain things. That's why I say that the reason that I am writing books, because I believe that my father in the ministry, in this anointing area, he, he wrote books. Yeah. And it's just the teaching anointing that is flowing in that. Papa Hagen has said he sees the anointing on him on several people who are around. Fred Price. Kenneth Copeland, etc. They are all flowing in their strong teaching anointing, ministering, writing books, doing whatever. Amen. This anointing is going to come back again. If you remember Revelation, the Bible says that there will be two uh, prophets who are going to come and they are going to do wild things. Some of them will call fire from heaven. You know Elijah who was calling fire from heaven and they will do what else? Uh, they will come and minister for three and a half years or whatever. Uh, they, they, can, they can call on any signs and wonders in the sky, in the sun, 
the moon, whatever. This is how Elijah and Co were. So you realize that the same thing coming back. Amen. And, and, and I want you to understand that if you can, if you, if you look at some, you can look at somebody and say, you see this person, what I see on this person, that is what I want. That thing is what I want. I want to be, to have that thing. That's what Elijah did. Can you imagine somebody is going, you know when somebody is dying sometimes, you, you, you ask, one day I told somebody I was writing a will. And the person said, well, what are you leaving for me? No, I've written my will. In fact, after my accident in Tamale, I decided to write a will. <laughs> yeah. I've written my will and deposited it in court. <laughs> and when Elijah, Elijah was about to write his will, Elijah, Elijah, Elijah said, I don't like all those. I just want the anointing. <laughs> Amen? Amen? How many want the anointing? It makes the difference. That is what will make you. I, 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 all this, how to preach, your posture, your voice, your tone, it's all nice. They are all nice. These things, they are teachings that exist in the world. How to speak, how to do how to do The thing that will make the difference is the anointing. Now, before you can be anointed with a particular anointing, you need to have what we call a vessel change. Vessel change. Now let me show you. Do you see this vessel here? This bottle. Give me that water bottle there. Can you see this? Can anybody who has been up to class 3 at least, what do you call it here? Stage, do you, what, do you call it? what do you call your school here? Grade 3. Can anybody who has been up to grade 3 tell me what this container contains? Water. And what does this container contain? You are all wrong. This contains Sprite. And this contains gasoline. This is gasoline. This is, is, that, is that what you call it here? Gasoline? Gas? 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 <laughs> Actually, this contains gas. No, this contains gas. Dr. Banfro, this contains gas. Now, I put it to I want to bet with somebody that this contains gas. I'm going to give, I'm going to put down 1,000. United States dollars. Who is going to bet with me? If, if I win, um, if I lose, I will keep the thousand. And if I win, <laughs> if I win, you keep the thousand. This is containing petrol, gas, whatever. And this contains Sprite. As you can see, it's colorless. How many think that this contains Pep uh, Coke, Pepsi? Stand up if you think it contains Pepsi, please. Stand up if you think so. <laughs> you believe in your heart. Okay. You may, you, may, you may take your seats, please. How many of you believe that this does 
con not contain gasoline. Raise up your right hand. Does not. Does not. Why? Why? Rebecca. Is that Rebecca? Tell me, why do you think it does not? Stand up and tell me. Why do you think this is not continuing? Give me three reasons why this is not. Gasoline is poisonous. Uh -huh. <laughs> I think you are going to another direction. Uh -huh, Aquili. So you think because of what? The container. Oh, I've, 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 I've drunk petrol before. I've drunk petrol before. So, but what's the main reason that you have for thinking that this is? Container. Praise the Lord. Listen to me. Before you are going to contain a particular type of anointing, you, the human vessel, are going to have to transform. If you want to contain cook, look, what, what advice would you give to this? This bottle, this bottle is complaining. It says that it's tired of holding water. This bottle is saying that what it has is not expensive and people don't like me so much. So I want to contain cook. What advice would you give to this container? Change into, it should become shorter and it should try and turn into if you empty yourself of the water, okay, to become shorter, try and turn into metal, something, paint himself, label himself, and people will fill you with cook. Is it not him? Clap for Jesus. It's so easy. <laughs> if you want to have Elisha's anointing, you've got to be modified, amen, as a vessel, so that you can carry it. It's not anything that carries coke. It's not anything that carries oil. It's not any bottle or vessel that just carries any liquid. You have to be. And that, this process that you go through, it works on you until you are capable of carrying that anointing. Amen. Now, let me share with you three categories. Have you found the 51? Twelve reasons why what? They didn't receive the anointing. Okay. Alright, so be ready. Three times the Lord... Now, the anointing falls upon you not once, not twice, but several times. Amen. Amen. So, for instance, yesterday when I prayed for you, I had no intention of praying for you. I didn't even think that I would, I would even pray for anybody at the time. But as I was meeting, the Lord said, pray for the people now. And as I was praying, I knew that the Spirit of God was... An... If, for instance, you start weeping, you understand? That is one of the strong things that happens when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you. Sometimes you don't even feel anything, but that is the time that God anoints you. People falling under the power, people experiencing all sorts of things. How many experienced something last night? How many experienced something last night? That's the anointing of the Spirit of God upon your life. And if God comes in contact with you, you can't be the same afterwards. I tell you it's real. I say, I'm telling you it's a real something that is very real. It's a very real thing. Amen. So, there are different ways. But God, the fact that you've been anointed once, does not mean that you'll not be anointed again. You can be anointed and anointed and anointed and anointed. 
Yes, you keep coming through the doors. 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 Now, for instance, in John, Jesus met the disciples the first time he anointed them and he breathed on them. He said, Receive the anointing. I can breathe on you to receive the anointing. How many have ever received the anointing when somebody breathed on you? You've experienced it before. What happened to you? Does anybody want to say what happened? Yeah. You fell over. Somebody breathed on you. Who breathed on you? A bishop from Nigeria. Were you surprised? You were surprised. You thought it was all gimmicks. Who else? You have. Then he came to Katie. From the front. You were lying on the floor. <laughs> Amen. Anybody else? Nakoshi. A little louder. You fell. Where were you? You were in your bedroom. Did it happen once or more than once? I was just breathing on the... And breathe. Uh -huh. <laughs> you fell in your room. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> I tell you. So, people are receiving things. If you are not receiving, pray that you start to receive. <laughs> you see, that's why I say that somebody can have a tape and you also have a tape. And the, person, the one the person is getting from the tape is even different from what you are getting. <laughs> and, and, and uh, Pastor Annie, did you experience that? I believe you gave the tape to Nakoshi, isn't it? So, so you passed the tape to her, the thing by passing straight to her. In fact, women are great, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. So Jesus breathed and said, Receive the Holy Ghost. Then in Acts chapter 2, remember, he said, Go and wait. And then the Holy Ghost fell on, on them. And they started to speak in tongues. That was the second time. The third time, what happened? In Acts chapter 4, Peter was arrested. He was released. They came out. They had a prayer meeting. They were praying. The Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and the place was shaken. You know, and they were anointed again. They went out with boldness to do something. So, even though they were anointed, they were anointed and anointed and anointed and anointed. So, as you go along, and sometimes a significant anointing takes place. I believe I've been anointed many times. What I told you about when I was listening to that tape, it was just one experience. And there are other experiences which I have not had in that dramatic way, if you want to call it that. But uh, it's still an anointing. Hallelujah. And it's real. It's real. It's real. So that you can feel the anointing without knowing when it came, but you realize that it arrived. Some people don't know when the anointing hits them. But it's still anointing. In fact, sometimes the most powerful, some of you here may have had the most powerful anointing, but you don't even feel anything. Or certain things that you watch people, hey, what is happening? Why don't I experience such thing? But God has anointed you powerfully. When Elijah was anointed, when Elijah went away, are you listening to me? When Elijah went away, and Elijah was there, Elijah was so 
depressed and discouraged. My father, my father. He had a father called Shaphat, but Elijah had become his father. My father, my father. And he picked up the mantle and he was going. He didn't even know that he was anointed. And in anger, he just, when he got to the where is the God of and the whole water started to pass? Hey, what is happening? <laughs> what is going on? Is it possible? Because Elijah didn't even say bye bye when he was going. I mean, if he was going, I think he said bye bye and said something. That, that was all. He just went, no even hello, bye bye, no phone call, nothing, just off, off. Then, then, he met these children. And the children came and they were laughing. Sakura, you don't have, you don't have any hair. So, and Elijah, Elijah thought he was still in the old days without anointing. He just cursed the children. Oh, before he realized, a bear came out of the forest and ate all the children right before him. Oh, what did I do? I didn't even know that I was anointed. But even the word that I speak, it just begins to happen. From that time, he became very careful. That is why I don't curse people. Oh yeah. Rarely will I speak, I mean, to curse somebody, even the most terrible orangus. I just, I will not, I will not curse you. Amen. Amen. I don't, I don't like to curse people. The messy seat. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But you, you sometimes you don't even know how anointed you are. I see you being anointed. Oh, I see you being anointed. I see you being anointed. I see you being anointed. There's a man called John Arnott. If you get this book to read, buy it. It's called Catch the Fire. The Toronto Blessing. Catch the Fire by John Arnott. Have you read it? Is there any one for you? Yeah. And he was talking. This is the man. Have you heard of the Toronto Blessing? All this anointing and so on. He said, I look. He could go for the anointing services and so on. And nothing would happen to him. He said that his wife, he and his wife are different. They are like, his wife is like a live electric wire. And he is like the electric pole. <laughs> he said if you are a pastor and there is no anointing flowing and you pray for his wife, the anointing will flow. But for him, mm. he said one day he went to a meeting with Rodney Howard Brown. But the Harban prayed for everything before the Lord, like everybody prayed for everybody. When he opened his eyes, he and another man, they were the only people standing around. <laughs> and then he said that he came to realize that receiving the anointing like all other things in Christianity, it is by faith. I believe I have received and removed. It is his church which has become the greatest center of anointing or whatever. Even me myself, I don't think I've even fallen out of the power before. <laughs> Panerosi. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he was describing how a certain pastor came to the church trying to get the anointing. The man came, he said the church was so dry and he wanted a revival. The man came, everybody was receiving him when they prayed for him. It's like, one week passed, after a week passed, he was becoming more desperate. 
So he called home to the church in America and told her that he's staying another weekend because whatever. Oh, he stayed another weekend. They prayed for them every day. meeting every day. They prayed. People were laughing. What is happening? And nothing. He sat on the plane and returned after two weeks. One of the most discouraged human beings, pastors in the world. It's in the book. When you get the book, you read it. He said, when he got to me, to the church, you know, tell them that he was there and that this has happened. And as he was just saying that, suddenly people started to laugh. The Holy Ghost started to move in the place. People started to fall. <laughs> Something is happening. Something has happened. And when he was at the place, he realized that, no. He felt that he was not, he, he came one of the most depressed people on the plane because tell it, people are receiving. And it's like, you dear, you are not receiving. I see you being anointed today, Jesus. Oh, you can't go away from this place without being anointed. America will not be the same because of you. You are the one who is going to change America. You are the one who God is going to use specially in our time and our day. People are going to be surprised at you. People who have cancelled you and ruled you out. They are going to rule you in. I said they are going to rule you in. They are going to rule you in. Because of the anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you Jesus. Alright. Now, it's not only the disciples who were anointed three times. King David was also anointed three times. Do you remember? David was anointed once when Samuel came to him. And he anointed him. And... He said, because the Lord has anointed you, you are going to be the king. And then Saul heard about it, was very angry. And later on, David became the king of Judah. And the people came together and anointed him again. And after some time, he became the king of the whole of Israel, not only Judah. Israel was divided into two, Judah and the rest of Israel. So then for the third time, he became a king and he was anointed again. So his authority extended as the anointings increased. Amen. Each time he was anointed, it, it was anointed, it took him one step further. The first time he was anointed, it made him a potential king. Sometimes when you are anointed, you become a potential pastor. The potential is in you. If only you be faithful and you will pay the price, you will become that thing that God has. So, many of us here have even received an anointing to be a potential whatever. Are you going to pay the price? Now it's up to you. The ball is in your court. I have brought you right to the water. Come, drink. I cannot make you drink. I cannot take the water and, and put it into your mouth. I can, I, can, I can just bring you to the water. But to take the water now. You know, and even that one, you have to still swallow for the thing to go down. Then... The anointing was increased. And what did he become? He became a pastor of a small group, Judah. Wow. And then the anointing was increased and he became a pastor of the whole of Israel. I see that anointing increase over your life. It's growing. Step to step to step to step to step to step to step. And that is why it grows. And that is why you must always avail yourself to be anointed. That's why you may... When I went recently to Papa Hagen's meeting last year... I mean, Papa Ian has been a blessing to me. But this last time when I went in February, this, this year it was, something happened to me there. Oh yeah. Something happened to me which I, 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 I cannot talk so much about. But something happened to me. And it, happened, it happened to me in my hotel room. 
And sometimes that's why I like to be alone. And even though I've been blessed through that man's ministry, I don't know, something extra happened to me which takes you a step further. And, and, you, and you, you, you know that from that time with the miracle, with conversion, that was after that we had the panerosis, and then we've been going on. Get all those videos, though. play them at home, soak them in. People are being healed, people are being blessed, people are being touched. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you glad about getting the anointing? Are you glad about getting the anointing? Lord, I'm about to need a brosipla, but I'm going to be able to get the anointing.